Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to tonight's Real Talk. Tonight, we are going to be discussing emotional intelligence and what that means for us as individuals and how that can help us to navigate life um, and how that interacts with our Christianity. So we're going to dive right in. Um, and I'd just like to take some time before we dive in, we just pray and then I will ask the panel, um, our very international panel tonight, to introduce themselves to us and tell us a little bit about um, what they're up to and their um, kind of what, what, what their interest is around this topic. So if we just um, take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to um, be together tonight virtually. We pray that your Holy Spirit will abide with us and that um, you will teach us, teach us how to um, be emotionally intelligent, teach us um, how to love one another, we pray. Um, we ask that the words that are said here will be in accordance to your will, Lord, and we pray for a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so if you've just joined us, we are talking about emotional intelligence tonight. And um, I would love it for our panel to just take um, some time to introduce themselves and tell us where you are. Tell us uh, your interest in this area and uh, just, just let's hear what... Um, you've been up to over lockdown a little bit so if we start um the first person i can see is melissa so if you start melissa hey guys i'm melissa i am currently based in tamworth um and i do i work in international development and in lockdown i've spent it at my parents in tamworth and um, not been traveling, which is what I usually spend my time doing. So it's been a bit weird. My passport is getting dusty. Um, and my interest in this topic is having become more emotionally aware in adulthood. Um, I just thought it's a really interesting topic. And as a young person, I think it's something that we got to invest in um, growing that part of ourselves. So that's my interest. Uh, next, I can see Tim on the screen. Thank you, Melissa. Tim. Hello, my name is Tim. I am currently in California, La Malina University, where I am working with the Geoscience Research Institute. Um, I'm a geologist by training and by discipline. I am originally Nigerian. So I think that's probably a summary of me. And um, when we were looking at the subject of discussion, my interest mostly is relationship building, most in specifics going into intercultural and also intergenerational, how you to understand, you know, people from different places and by virtue of traveling from one culture to the other and working with young and old and trying to just, you know, bring people together and communicate is kind of something that led me to looking at, okay, how do you go about and understand this? Thank you, Tim. Adam? Yep, Adam here, currently living in Norway. I have just finished 
working as a boys dean in the south of Norway and transitioning to become a Bible worker in the north of Norway. Mm -hmm. And my interest in emotional intelligence has grown over the last few years. I think it first started because I hate conflict. And I just realized that, okay, I'm going to have to deal with conflict somehow. And then it just kind of, just, it just blew up from there, in a sense. Because yeah. you can't avoid conflict, I realized. So. Yeah. True. So maybe, we'll, maybe we can get into how, you, how you've been navigating that a little bit later. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Rumbi? Um, yeah, I'm Rumbi. Uh, I'm currently in Tamworth as well. Bumped into Melissa in Marks and Spencer, but I'm <laughs> based in London. <laughs> I'm social distancing at my sister's in Tamworth. Um, I work as an education mental health practitioner, which basically means that I work with children under 18 who have uh, mild to moderate mental health issues. Um, my interest in uh, emotional intelligence nearly forgot the topic emotional intelligence um i think it's just my whole career so i did a master's in psychoanalysis so i'm very interested in that and i've had um intensive psycho well i ha am having intensive psychotherapy which is like three times a week for an for 50 minutes i have been for the last two years so i feel that has really made me hone in on the topic for myself as an individual emotional intelligence Excellent, thank you. I guess I should introduce myself. Um, I'm Denise. Um, usually, Adam, our youth director's hosting our Real Talk, but he's away today, so I'm stepping in. Um, I am from Birmingham and I am a speech and language therapist. So I, um, I look at the topic of emotional intelligence from that aspect aspect um, working with children and young people um, and helping them to develop that area of their lives. So if we get into our first question, if you do have questions um, for our, from our viewers, feel free to put them in the comment, the comment section and um, someone will try and get them through to us on the panel. Um, so please um, feel free to be interactive with us in that way. Um, let's jump right into it because I think that uh, the term emotional intelligence is a relatively new term in, in the grand scheme of psychology and um, just generally speaking I think it's it's become current quite lately um, so let's have a look at how you would define that can I ask Rumbi first? How would you, how would you, how do you explain emotional intelligence? Well, I'll give uh, an experiential uh, um, definition instead of like strictly uh, psychological. I think it's mainly self-awareness, um, trying to understand your emotions, what's going on inside of you, and the impact it has on the other person and how they might interpret it. Um, that's what I think. Thank you. That's that's a wonderful, succinct um, definition. Thank you, Rumbi. And uh, can I ask, um, can I ask Adam to, if he has, do you have anything else to add to that, in terms of what emotional intelligence is? Um, I think that was a really good thing. I think kind of like 
I guess like I would put it in the sense that like instead like I guess we talk about IQ which has a lot to do with about reasoning of facts and reasoning of like abstract problems and I guess emotional intelligence is trying to develop one's understanding of people's feelings and how how people work in a sense so like yeah rather than just equations and then I guess it's people that one is trying to understand and 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 yeah how we how we work basically I think how the humans work I like that um and Melissa or Tim do you have anything to add to what's been said well um not like add but just amplifying something in what um Adam just said about it's mostly like we give this expression, I'm only human, I'm only human, you know, that's something that makes you human to say, oh, I'm just a human being. Understanding that which makes you human being, I know that there are other human beings around you too. And there's something that makes them human, where they can also say, I am only human. And so by that, it's not just an, a, 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 just a physical body walking, there's something that's just, there are emotions and feelings which everyone has. So identifying yourself as a human being and know what makes you human, and then someone else is also is a human being and you know that they also may have different things that make them act the way they are. So understanding that and making sure that there is no clash between your own side of human and their own side of human and so you can work together. Okay, thank you. So what do you, what, so Rumbi mentioned like having self-awareness as um, being a part of being an emotionally intelligent person what like are there other areas that you think are part of that um if we kind of break it down into sections what do you what do you think i think uh, i can go I, I think empathy is a big part of that i think uh um i'm, I'm not saying it's my strongest point <laughs> but being able to like um think okay this is what I'm, I, I always think that there are three levels to what we, or there's more than three levels. There's what leaves my mouth. There's what I intend to say. Then there's how the other person's heard it. Then how the other person's interpreted it. So being able to think to myself, okay, what has left my mouth is not necessarily what they have heard. Being able to think that that is a possibility. I feel like um, that's somewhat being empathetic. So I think a lot of the time we think of empathy as like, oh, um, there is sad, they are sad, so I can feel sad with them. And I don't think it's like limited to that. I think it's quite big. It's like when you've given someone um, I'll give you an example, like me and Haley are uh, Pathfinder leaders and, you know, some people just don't listen it feels like however we it, 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 it on the on the level of it it's like why are they not listening to us then on the other level it's like okay do they have access to the internet do they know how to use zoom do they know how to da, 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 all those kinds of things and i think a part of that is and being able to think okay what is going on in that other person's mind what what is like trying to put yourself in their kind of shoes kind of thing i think that's a big part of yeah. You know what it is though? Like, coming out what Rumbi said, it sounds, it's like, I think empathy is such a big part. And I think kind of like when people talk about empathy, it's like, oh, everyone is like, of course, you know, mm -hmm. of course. But it's like, actually, this is really hard. 
like and i think especially in the day of like in days of facebook and especially facebook discussions like i can just testify myself i have a very hard time accepting that you don't see it as i do because the way <laughs> i see it is just so clear <laughs> do you know what i mean but is that emotional know. intelligence though because i feel like there's a there's a reasoning i feel like that's on a level of reasoning rather than on uh how you express yourself and how i interpret it like when it comes to a facebook discussion i feel like that's more at the intellectual iq level than perhaps some emotional intelligence might be needed to navigate your reply and how tactfully perhaps you respond when you think they're super wrong or right yeah that's what i was saying it's more the response so like and i think that kind of mirrors in other areas so like I think the way we discuss on Facebook is actually the way we discuss it in our, how we reply to people elsewhere also. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least for me. I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just... But I'm just saying empathy. I think empathy is difficult. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I cannot agree with, with... Because I know a lot of times we say, oh, I understand how you feel. I know, I know, I know how we feel. For really, truly, do you actually understand how... I feel, are you just saying that to make me, you know, because we are trying to understand how you feel. That's, that's the, you, 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 I'm making an effort. I want to understand how you feel. I want to listen to you speak to me. You know, I understand that you were going through something, but I don't know how exactly what extent you're going through it. I may not know because I am not you. You're showing empathy. And that kind of emotional intelligence when I look at it is about honesty in what you know and what you don't know mm. about someone else's emotions. You, you, you know yourself to an extent, even there's some things you don't know about, there's some things I never knew about myself until things happened to me. I was like, oof, I didn't, oh, wow, am I this bad? I never knew I was this bad, you know? And then you begin to see someone else and you think you know the person more, like, you don't, you're only trying. So you be honest about it as when someone, so that intelligence is about knowing, being honest that, okay, this is what I know, but this is what I don't know and trying to, understand the person okay how do you how do i come in how do you want me to help you mm. how do i you know make this synergy work because really and truly in as much as you don't fully understand yourself you will never fully understand the next person but you know that the person is a human being who has emotions flying off you know bouncing off so many things and they are in different situations so my looking at emotional intelligence looking at it's, it's a huge empathy is is deep it's something that you need to be honest Honesty is a good thing when you come to emotional uh, empathy. So that you don't really, you know, put yourself as someone who's like, I got an EQ so high. And so mm-hmm. I know how you feel and I can solve the problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about all the times when I've seen someone without emotional intelligence. And it just looks like people speaking two different languages. And as yeah. a third party, you're watching it and you're just like, if only you did this and you did that, like, then this would be fine. It's like they're just bumping heads speaking two different languages or one person is trying really hard to communicate in a way that they think best and the other person just isn't being able to read or interpret how, how they're kind of coming across um so yeah I think the opposite of emotional intelligence just looks like this confusion <laughs> yes what do you... it's so awkward it's actually yeah. awkward what do you think are the barriers so so there's the, there's the idea or, or the the visual of like people bumping heads, but what do you think are the the actual barriers that are in the way there? Go on, Adam. 
I can say one, and I think this is something this is something I'm working with at the moment. And I think it's a key to emotional intelligence. And that is like coming off what Rumbi said, like this idea, like to really take the time to think about does this person understand or does this person, how does this person interpret what I'm saying? Then I think beneath that comes this, how much do I value that person? Do you know what I mean? Like you have to really, you have, you, there has to be a degree of I value you at least as high as myself to give you the, the, the time that I give myself. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's a barrier, sometimes there's a barrier with, I think that's one of the barriers that we maybe don't value people as high as their value is. And so we don't so think maybe. it's, yeah. We just don't think they're worth the time of stopping and thinking, well, how are they actually receiving what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? Because we just don't value them. So maybe we value our point or our the thing that we're trying to communicate more than the person that we're trying to communicate it to. I think so. I think so. You know, like the Bible says in Philippians 2, it says this was something that was like, it's like, I have to repeat it to myself all the time. It says like, think others, like think of others greater than yourself. And like, if you were to take that principle into your walks of life, I'm telling you, it's like you, like, I've seen some things, I'm like, man, I do not value this person more than I am myself. Because if I did, it would just be totally different. Do you know what I mean? I think um, coming off that point, um, I was thinking about it, it leads, it's a branch of value. It's like a lot of the time we um, speak in order to show off why we're right. I think uh, to explain how right we are. And we're not like, um, we're not there to listen or to understand. And um, there's a, there's a verse, it's in Corinthians, I think, one of them. It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Meaning that just because I can do all of these things, that doesn't mean I should do. There's no like law against it, but um, that doesn't mean in this situation is right. And I think emotional intelligence is about thinking to yourself, okay, in my head, I might think I'm right, or in my head, I think it should be done this way. But in this situation, is this what's best? If I say this and I tell, explain to the person how right I am or whatever, what profit comes from it? And I think uh, emotion, part of emotional intelligence is discernment, being able to like look at the situation and think, okay, how am I going to add to it? How am I going to, what's the best way to navigate myself in this moment to kind of not make things blow up or to help it go smoothly or like not to, we might have a point, like my mom always says to me, like there's no excuse for rudeness, meaning just because you have a point with me, that doesn't mean you have to articulate it like this. No one's going to hear you if you do. And I think that's, um, I think I said multiple things in that, but um, I think the, essentially what I'm trying to say, two things I'm trying to say is um, just think, think about um, not what's right, or um, think about how to compliment, how best can I compliment this situation? Mm. I think that's a big part of emotional intelligence. Thank you, Wumbi. So um, going off what you said about, um, about how, you, how you can compliment another person in a situation, I was thinking about what Adam said um, kind of led him to explore emotional intelligence more um and that being about conflict so um and I think there are often a lot of barriers that come within conflict so what do you think about um how you can as a individual 
come come to a potential conflict um what things can you have in your mind as to what you might be analyzing and checking as you as you enter into trying to trying to problem solve your way through a conflict with another person I'd start with perhaps um, reading their body language and um, kind of what is the energy that they're bringing to the situation. Um, probably looking to de-escalate in some, in some way to avoid the conflict kind of coming up. Um, unless I also, in Wumbi's kind of position, I'm coming to like prove my point and I'm right and you're wrong, then it can just <laughs> escalate. Um, but I think when we're looking to... In, in a conflict situation and you know that things perhaps can get heated yeah you're looking at body language you're deciding like whether you do care enough to even end, engage in some ways mm -hmm. um and I think uh empathy would be important if you're trying to come to a compromise it depends what the purpose of the of the discussion is like is it to prove one person's right over the other like you see I told you all along this was the right thing to have done or whether it's actually about kind of coming to a place of, of compromise and of kind of working through something. I'll say something. So you, you mentioned um, like the decision that you, you make as to whether this, like the conflict is something that you care to engage in. So tell, like say something more about that. Like how, how would you, how, how would you decide that? I think that's, I think that's crucial to emotional intelligence in terms of um like understanding like yourself and um, and whether you're ready for conflict so how would you decide that I guess like thinking of like maybe personal situations like just even doing lockdown with my family um I I know we because we know each other so well you know what someone's trigger is you know what you can do and someone's gonna lose it or going to shut down or not engage and you know how you could say something in a way that actually you can sort of reason with someone and you can come out of it both having come to some kind of conclusion so for example like I know um one of the things that my dad really hates is like when he's talking you're like yeah, yeah I know I know I know I know that's like he hates that so an emotionally intelligent person is aware of how their not just of their own self-regulation but how their actions and words have an impact on somebody else's emotions too so by me saying x it then causes y so there's, there's a cause and effect awareness so i think um in terms of like caring about someone else enough to not want them to have a negative response not just because you want to prove them right or wrong but actually it's not a nice thing to then make them angry or to make them upset so that awareness of one, how I respond, but also the fact that how I speak, how, how I, the tone of my voice, the, my own facial expressions, these can have an impact on someone else. So depending on what I want to come from this interaction, I'm now aware of that influencing them, if that made sense. Absolutely. Can I um, add to, anybody else? Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at the aspect of, um, assumptions because we may come into some situations having some presuppositions of the situation or the person mm -hmm. and then instead of being open-minded to kind of gather the facts just from the present we having a foundation already to build upon and it goes wrong most times when you're coming into you know this is he's heated and you 
you're piling up history already before from what you know, and that beclouds your judgment and it's, it could go so bad. So coming into such situations, you have to come with, with an open mind, an unassuming mind thinking, I want to understand. That is, that is your, the intention is to understand the person speaking. Mm -hmm. Because a communication is not made until what is being meant is understood. Mm -hmm. So if you cannot understand what is being meant, then you, you're missing out in this, in this verbal communication or even non-verbal communication because you have something already in your head you're coming with. And so you don't put that into that. And then when you're coming as well, your own emotions shouldn't come ahead of you. Maybe you're angry or you are, you know, you've been in similar situations or the present situation is causing something that is going to be a barrier in trying to also get the conflict resolved. So you, you need, you know, this, when let's talk about self-regulation, you need to know this and regulate these things that you feel. They will come to you, you're a human being. We all come with assumptions most times in environments, in conflict, we, there's something in you, you just come, but well, tell yourself, you may not be true. Mm -hmm. I want to understand what is happening so I can build on from that present fact and move on. Where do you learn that? I wonder. There you go. That's it. Where does that? Where do, where do you pick that out from? Like it's just define that moment. What do you mean by that? that? I guess I guess <laughs> it's for emotional intelligence and that the need for self regulation. I want to take. I was thinking maybe we could take a step back. Why is it? I think God made us to get angry sometimes. So I think it's not about minimizing my anger. It's about how do I use my anger in this situation? Like okay. if a pathfinder gets me angry. I am angry and I'm, if I'm able, if I shout at him in an angry way, I've articulated my, like I've expressed my anger, but I haven't articulated. If I say to him, you have made me angry because, and I feel like this. And so I'm a, like, that's different. I think the, the problem isn't that we are angry or we get angry or we get sad or we get frustrated or that we have feelings. Because I think God got angry. Jesus got angry many times. Yeah. God, I, I, like, I, I'm sad. What do you say? I'm re I repent. No, I don't want to, it begins with R, that I made the earth with Noah and the ark. Yeah, and repent. I think he must yeah, have yeah, yeah. repented of scared. <laughs> but yeah, all those feelings, it's like how as Christians, we're not going to hide away from like emotions aren't bad. They inform us of a situation. So yeah. in my anger right now, what am I, how am I going to use this? Am I just going to carry on shouting or I'm going to say, do you know what? Right now I'm angry. You have made me feel angry because of this. Or I feel angry right now. Maybe I'm going to come back to this data because if I feel that I'm going to say something that I don't mean. Do you get what I mean? Like, how do we use our emotions? I think, I think you can't answer the question because you're yeah. telling someone that, you know, this is how I feel. I know how I feel. I'm communicating to you how I feel, but I don't want to say words. Sometimes people say, I am very angry at what you've said to me. It's hurting me so bad. And I'm going to take this action. I'm just going to leave it. Can we talk about it next time? Or you, you're letting someone know I'm not making my decision based on my anger. I'm not making a rash decision based on my anger. I wanted to let, I want, I'm letting you in into my emotions and how I feel at this moment. Mm. Not, I'm not letting you in by the output of it, but by the base of what, is, what I'm feeling. This is what I am going through now. So that you know that whatever I do again, well, who knows? It could be because of I'm angry. The threat. But I'm letting you know how I feel. I am really, because if you don't communicate to someone how you feel and you act in anger, it maybe it's, it's different from when you communicated to the person that you, you were not feeling okay about something. Adam. Adam. Yeah, like I, I don't really, can't, I don't really have an answer. I don't really have an answer to Rumbi's question, but I'm going to add to it just to see. Just to, I think it will add to the discussion and to say that 
in my experience being with my girlfriend, I'm reading this book, right? And like, I'm really, I really see myself in this book. And I'm going to make a very generic statement, a very, very generic statement. And I, I'm saying that I feel like females have a better grasp of their emotions than guys. It's very easy for a guy speaking to, about myself to go, why, why are you being so emotional? Do you know what I mean? So then I'm thinking to add to that, like how can we use your emotions? I think one of the answers is that it's my job thinking I'm not so emotional or whatever, even I am, but it's my job to make the space available so that one can feel safe to show their emotion. Do you know what I mean? If, if that makes sense. Like that's what I realized in my relationship that I need to act in a way so that Kat is feel safe to go, you know what, Adam, you hurt me. Or she feels safe to cry. Or she feels safe to vent her anger. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's not a real answer, but I think that's a side point too, because there's one way we can know how to use our emotions, but it could be that people around us just aren't allowing us to do that also. Do you know what I mean? How, how do you do that? How do you, how do you become a safe person? I think for me, yeah, yeah. One of the things, sorry, I caught you. you, Did you finish your question? Sorry. You anticipated the question. Go on. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Sorry for interrupting. But um, I I think one of the things I've learned is to know that feelings are as valuable, that feelings are valuable. Exactly what Rumbi said that feelings inform us about the situation. And so just knowing that I don't have a complete picture of the situation then I, I can almost humble myself and say, wow, okay, Ket is hurt here. She's seeing something, even though it's probably for a different method than I would see it. She's seeing something which I'm not seeing. And then it comes to, okay, I'm going to value what she's seeing, even though it's being portrayed in a way which I would naturally go, hey, why are you doing that? I'm going to go, okay, tell me what you're seeing. Do, do you know what I mean? If that answers your question, I don't know, but... I think that makes her feel safe. I hope so. I think so. <laughs> how how do you... Me, just, sorry. I wanted to ask, like, where do we learn it, though? Like, with the, all the things you've spoken about, like, maybe holding back sometimes, like, maybe the, knowing that other people need space to feel safe. Like, where do we pick that up from? Is it through trial and error? Is it, do you think, do you feel like church teaches us? Or we see examples? <laughs> I feel like it's trial and error, you know, like really, like, I think it's just, you just have to try. And, and, and I think this is, this is another thing about emotion, going back to another question before, like components of, of emotional intelligence. I think one of them is vulnerability, like being able to, like, because the thing is, when you go into conflict, you're going to get hurt. Do you know what I mean? And I think being open and allowing yourself to, to go, you know, mm, okay, I'm prepared to be hurt here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm prepared to pay that cost of, of pain for the sake of this relationship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel, like, I feel like that's, and I feel like that vulnerability allows you then to make that mistake or to go through the trial and error and go, oh, okay, they reacted this way or that happened. Okay, let me try it. That's how it's working for me, at least. I think when, you, when you're vulnerable, like, it backs up your earlier statement about accessibility. When you, someone sees the vulnerability, you're open. There's, 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 there's an open arm to come in and to let 
for the person to let you how to let you into their own life to, to become vulnerable with you. Because if you are not vulnerable, if, if there's no sense of vulnerability seen in your actions, no one is going to open up to you because you are not opening up and you are not letting someone in. So when you look at that and say, okay, <clears throat> how do I learn this? It's got to be by experience. If you've never been there, you don't know. So if you never, like say the first time I knew things about myself was because I made some mistakes. Like I've been in a situation and I know after I looked back, I was like, you could have done better. You know, but if you've not been there, you may be thinking to yourself, I am a good Christian. I can handle, I'm okay. And then God shows you, you are not okay. You're not there yet and tells you you are selfish. Look at you, open the books of selfishness and you'll be like, oh Lord, I'm selfish. You learn. You know, it's not like you're trying to, God, God is helping you to try an error. And then you just, just err. They say to err is, to err is human, to forgive is divine. So you, you come into situations, you grow. Like I think one of the questions talked about, maybe we'll get to it, Christian grow. You get to a point where this chapter is open because of circumstances and where you are in life. You know, like a kid doesn't know what conflict resolution is. Like what is conflict resolution? She's going to teach you conflict conflict resolution. As you grow, probably you may find your brother, you and your brother fighting one day and your parents teach you that. Maybe you learn it, but then when you start growing and become independent, you become feeling like, oh, ego sets in. You, you need something, someone else to teach you and God brings you in this position where you, you think to yourself, I need to do better next time. And then you grow. But then when you refuse to grow, then it's another subject altogether. Can I um, add to that in terms of answering the question um you're right a kid doesn't know conflict resolution definitely but they also grow up with their parents and their siblings and I feel like the home is the key place where you learn how the basics of emotional intelligence like that's where your foundation comes from I don't think um uh you're gonna soak up every single thing um or like you might be from like you know we all know a child that's come from a different from a certain family and a completely different and vice versa um, but I think um those first seven years of life my word <laughs> I think they are absolutely critical and um the the second thing that I thought I'd add is you said like you look back at your life and um you see that oh I was selfish there that is honesty that is honesty with yourself I think there are many times that I've hurt people and in the moment I'm in denial. I'm like, Rumbi, you're still a good Christian. You're amazing. <laughs> but then after, like, uh, that, uh, the reality pill hits me and I'm like, yo, I've, I've done some messed up stuff. I should not have reacted in that way. Or I should never have done that. What was wrong with me? What spirit was I under? But I've got to come to the place where I can accept it and even utter it. And um, I think that's... Um, a progression of thought in our mind in terms mm. of the way we look back because what I thought about a situation let's say something happened in 2015 the way I thought about it in 2015 is not the same way I thought about it in 2016 nor is it the same way I think about it now and I think we need to allow ourselves space to like grow in our reality and our perspective of things so I think it's two different things two things that I mentioned there it's just num number one understanding that your family how you've grown up has had an effect on you but um, when it doesn't that um, that upbringing doesn't hold you hostage. Like there's room, and the second one is just being honest with yourself. Like saying, do you know what? It's okay to admit that. It's okay to find it difficult. It's okay to struggle. It's 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 okay to have done something wrong. Like that's you're human. But from there, what have you learned from it? Mm. 
Yeah. I was going to say, say to Rumbi's point, I think um, you make it sound real easy, the second one, like being honest. But I think actually that's a lot harder than you made it out to be just then, not on purpose, I'm sure. But just the idea that a lot of people would find it safer, and sometimes even myself, it's much safer to ignore what happened in the past, to not interrogate, to not not reflect, to not dig into or what happened and why and how what I did led to how that person responded or how I could have done better. I find that it's much easier to just kind of keep it moving. And that's where I see a lot of hurt. Um, you mentioned how guys, how, how women can be sometimes, Adam, and I think how guys can be sometimes is actually, it's easier for, because that space for vulnerability perhaps isn't made readily available in your friendship groups as often it is for women. That, that self-reflection about, I did this and it may have led to this. Um, she, I spoke to her this way and now she's come to feel this way. Um, some of the hurt stories that you hear in church are because hurt people who haven't addressed their issues hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the emotional intelligence grows when you do exactly what Rumbi says, like you allow yourself to reflect and to grow. And when you don't, you just re- repeat patterns of behavior without that reflection yeah and I think kind of I can say from from me I was like I've been for the great part of my life I've been a great avoider of my own mistakes Mm -hmm. like and for me it's been because it's been connected with um that my mistakes has something to say about how I'm seen by others especially God do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and I think this is where the Christian has the advantage of doing exactly what everyone else says about being honest is because the reality is that God loves messed up people. Do you know what I mean? Like we are accepted. So it's not like I have to be something that I'm not in order to have that feeling of of, um, acceptance, which is so vital for being honest and so vital for being vulnerable and open. Do you know what I mean? Because you're not gonna do that if you're not accepted. So yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's vital as Christians that we really and drill home in our minds that God accepts us because I think that creates the, the real foundation to to do these things hmm. yeah. so okay, can I just say something quickly I actually I said something in passing just now and I want to revisit it I said something like um I do something bad then I might be in denial I might still think I'm a great Christian there's the flip side of it which I think is very very common I do something bad and I beat myself up about it for 20 years hmm. Oh my, like the other day I was in the shower and this thought came to my mind, something I did like what, 10, 15 years ago and I'm beating myself up about it. And I feel like, oh, that is still not emotional intelligence. And I think it goes back to what Adam was saying about acceptance, about we have Jesus, he forgives us. I feel like that is that is a part of Christianity that people don't talk about things, like there are things that we've done in our past that continue to eat us up to this day. Like, why did I say that at lunch that time? Or, <laughs> like, I think, um, yeah, just one sec. I want, thank you for that, Rumi. Oh, go on, Adam. <laughs> I share experience. I can, I can illustrate this, you know. When I was 11, I think I stole some money from my dad. I was 18, you know, and it hit me. I was like, man, I stole some money. Do you know what I did? He was working on the computer. I go up to him and go, dad, about 11, about eight years ago, I stole some money from you. Here you go. I give it back to you now. You know, my dad looked at me. My dad looked at me and went, are you serious? Are you serious? You know what I mean? But, okay, but in that situation, it's like, of course, because my dad is like, I mean, I accept you. Like, it's okay. 
But I think also in certain situations, if it does hit us that we've hurt someone, even though it's 10 years down the line, maybe that person still hurt. So I think there is also that side that sometimes mm-hmm. God reminds us of something down the line because now we've got the tools to deal with it. And this person is still hurting and we have to address it. And I don't, I don't really know how to decide between the two situations, but I do think they do exist. How, how do you, like coming out of that idea of there being kind of extremes of emotion. So, so we've said that kind of emotional intelligence when we, I think put it really nicely, but it, it was, we said that there's nothing wrong with the emotion, but it's about our management of that. Um, how do we manage our emotions? So what I'm getting at is sometimes you could just be in your feelings, right? For, I don't know, you're in a mood, something happened, whatever, whatever went wrong, went wrong, or whatever you said 10 years ago, won't leave you alone. Um, and then you're in your feelings. Um, and that can kind of create a cycle of thought that is unhealthy. Um, so how do we manage that? How do we reflect without becoming, without spiraling as it were? How, how, how does that look? Um, and how do, how do we c- create that in our life? I think we can look at David in the Bible when David and Uriah, um, uh, when David killed Uriah, Uriah essentially, and then he was told, look, listen, and his son was about, when um, the prophet told him his son was going to die, David was fasting um, and he was praying and he was asking, even though he knew his son was going to die. And when his son finally died, the um, his servant was scared to tell him. And then as soon as his servant told him, he kind of, um, he washed it. He actually stopped uh, wearing all the sack cut and ashes. He had a bath and he ate. And I think, um, uh, I, what can I get from that? Throughout that season, he was pouring out to God. He was pouring out his heart to God. He was like, Lord, this is frustrating. I want my son to live and all these things. And a lot of the time when we're in our feelings, we're in our feelings and we're not praying about it. So in those times where it's frustrating, um, it's not really always, it's not always about the outcome. It's about what happens during that journey. And I think that journey is fasting. It means mourning, crying sometimes and being like, God, why is this happening? Why are you allowing this? All those like difficult questions. If we're frustrated, tell him to be like Job, he cursed the day he was born. That's not the sign of a happy man to me. Um, All those kinds of feelings that we don't know what to do with. We don't know why they're there. I think pour it out to God. And you know, when the outcome, David was able to like, have a bath and eat that's him um but the fact is <laughs> like he knew that God was with him it, it, in that experience um I don't feel like he, even at the death of his son he didn't feel like God was absent and that's for me that's key because that situation was because David made a bad choice and it was because he sinned and yet God was still with him and he remembered that and I think on top of that I think like we as friends or brothers or sisters or supporters of people let's say if like if someone else is let's say if I'm going through one of those situations I think at least what I've experienced in my Christians or Adventist circles is that we have a tendency to explain everything so someone's lost someone or someone lost something and we go yeah yeah you know the great controversy and you know and it's true could be true but we're not mourning with people who mourn as, as, as uh, Corinthians says to do, as Paul says to do. So I think 
another thing like that's I think Rumbi kind of said the personal tools that we can do but as a collective I think we can all take that responsibility to go you know what actually don't always need to give someone a bible explanation about what they're going through like Job's friends did at the start you know to sit down with them for seven days I think is um, I think we need to learn how to do that because we think we have a tendency just to always try and explain things away on the other side I think as well there's the uh how to to Denise's question how to break the cycle of feeling guilt um and beating oneself up about something I think Ellen D. White talks about how um like don't wait to feel forgiven like it's just a fact and we have to receive that as fact so sometimes for me personally like when maybe those thoughts of five years three years where you're like oh I can't believe I did that like that was terrible like how how could I have done that and then if you spend too much time kind of deep in what you did and why you did and how you did you're just there like lost in the source for a little while um and what I've tried to do is kind of combat that with God's word like God has said like I'm forgiven like God has said that um when I confess my sins he is faithful and he's just to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness like my unrighteousness isn't greater than God's grace right so the feeling isn't fact so I have to kind of come against that with promises like very actively like I have a list of promises on my phone I'd be like right let's let's do this and just kind of go through that process and it's not a one-off thing either because that that the devil will give that that guilt back to you again and again and try and keep you there because it knocks your faith in the God whose grace is sufficient right um mm. and I've sent this list of promises to a few friends who've been in that situation as well so I don't think it's uncommon I think it does take that kind of everyone's uh, reminder of God's goodness you know, there's, there's an example when, I don't know, I looked at the life of Peter when after he denied Jesus. And one of the preachers was saying, imagine what Peter would feel like whenever he's around a coal of fire and smelling the smoke of it. What comes to his mind? Mm-hmm. He's looking at, I betrayed Jesus. Like that, that, that environment reminds him of something. How do you think Peter dealt with it? I think he dealt with it because of the love Jesus has shown him even af- when after he resurrected and he, and he took him out. And told him that, you know, I've committed to you something. You know, God showed him love. And God has shown us love. Jesus died for every one of us. You know, like Melissa was saying, it's all about knowing those promises, those those little things that God has promised us. He knows our frame. Like, he knows you are 40. He knows. Like, it's not something that he is not aware of. And you're telling him, Lord, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. I'm messed up. I can't meet up to anything. No, he knows. All he wants you to do is what you've acknowledged, that's fine don't dwell on it don't you know swarm yourself up with all the guilt and all that don't worry i will help you out of it just bring it to me and so many examples are there you can just lift yourself off it and become use it as a as a testimony you know look at where i was look at where i am today because of god and that you know cheer someone up who's also in the situation of you know swamping himself in deeds of you know fun and and uh, guilt of shame and everything so would you say that repentance is a form of emotional intelligence break it down like that awareness of you and like your faults and your like if you're if you're not reflective then you can't repent right so is me being aware of certain emotions and behaviors being able to get to a place of repentance does repentance I guess train us to become 
emotionally intelligent. Like the Holy Spirit conviction. Yes. Is the Holy Spirit Spirit factor? Yeah. Because I think I think I think emotional (laughs) emotional intelligence is a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you put it that way, but I looked at I looked at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Just consider those fruit. That is emotional intelligence all through. That's love, joy, peace, patience, Mm. everything, even self control, temperance, trust, faith is all there. God gave us gift of emotions. Now, sinful nature had made it, the bizarre ones kind of come sometime up there and then the good ones are not really, you know, operative and the negative ones are always, you know, there. And God is like, I'm going to help you through it. So it's, it's him that gave the gift. And so when he, he also is the one who forgives us when we repent and he's calling us to come. And the Holy Spirit now, like, you know, he says, calls us and convicts us. And then we, we can share that. We can feel that emotional conviction in us and say, Lord, I have felt something wrong in me. Acknowledgement. I want to give it to you. I want to give myself to you to help me out of it. So, yeah, like you, I think if, I've never thought of it. But now thinking about repentance, emotional intelligence kind of, you know, have a relationship. Can I put a disclaimer in there, though? Like if you... Um, Jesus is our great physician yeah and if I break my leg and you know I pray and it's not fixed he's still the great physician amen amen uh that's it <laughs> um trying to transpire it to emotional intelligence if we are struggling and we're like where's the holy spirit the holy spirit is still present we can still go to an expert and get some help like there is not emotional intelligence is not because of the lack of the holy spirit it's not because of lack, a lack of um, god working in your life sometimes we need um way i think about it is our like our body is like a house and um we've been there a long time so we think we know where everything is when you go to an export expert they're trained at looking at houses so they have a torch and a magnifying glass and they're like did you know there was dust there and you're like whoa I've lived here for ages <laughs> or did you know under your bed you had this and that and that it's your house you're still the expert they're just like showing you around so if you need someone else to kind of say actually no you got dust here you got this there you got that there maybe that could go there and that's better they're, like that's not because of a lack of the holy spirit like that's not that's yeah go for it i think and i want to add to that i think that's that's a brilliant illustration and i think as um like the bible says bear one another's burdens do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so like we can read that text and go okay i'm supposed to help melissa i'm supposed to help denise i'm supposed to help tim do you know what i mean because that's my that's what the bible says to me i'm supposed to help someone else but if you kind of reverse that, that means someone else is there to help me also. Do you know what I mean? Like, I also have burdens that I should allow someone else to carry sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's difficult, you know, because we say trust. I think we can sometimes say trust in the Lord with all our hearts. And then kind of what we do with that is that we block off the human relationships. Do you know what I mean? Because we go, no, God's got everything, which he has. But even though God created Adam, he still said it's not good for man to be alone. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think that was just romantic relationships. That was just human relationships. There's something that human to human help. I would argue biblically, human to some there's some human to human relationships that even God can't replace. 
Do you know what I mean? And I think, so I think it's, yeah. I think we need to have both. I, I think that's what Rumbi's saying, if I understand mm. correctly, or just to add to what Rumbi's saying at least. Mm. I, I, I really think that's important. And I think that, that, then we need to have a very honest picture of ourselves and say, you know what? I need the help. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not easy. No, it's not, sorry? It's not easy to do. No, it's not, it's not, it's not. You want to be self-sufficient. You want to be like, it's my house. <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> but I, I, one thing that's helped me with that is that like, even though it's, even because it, it's not, it's not easy for me to accept help from some, from someone else either, especially in these deep, uh, like thought things. But then some, it would be like, if someone was to come up to me and go, Adam, I need your help to help me understand something. I'd be like, yeah, I can help. Do you know what I mean? So like, just knowing that I'm so willing to help someone else who's going through the struggle, I'm like, what? Well, if I'm so willing to help someone else, then probably they're willing to help me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's reciprocal. That's yeah. helped me at least. Yeah. I think a key point that I always try to keep in mind, this is from working with parents, because when you tell, like, when you tell a parent, it's very scary for me. Uh, I work with parents, children, primary school age to tell a parent that your child might have ASD because I don't know if they've thought about it before if they haven't thought about it before and I'm thinking I need to make this referral and um it's very scary sometimes and what I think to my like what I always introduce it as is that um, even though your child might need this referral I don't know if it's going to be um if your child will be diagnosed with ASD or not it's just going to be an assessment um and other stuff uh, send me a message if you want to talk about it and other other stuff um but it's essentially what I say to them is your child's strengths do not take like uh, their weaknesses don't take away from their strengths what they struggle with doesn't take anything away from their strengths so if they need help at this they're still good at this and for people to comprehend that like I might I might I can still be excellent at running and still need help with golf those two things can sit next to each other. And if we think in our day-to-day -day life, like you're just being honest, like if I'm like, if I need more help, if I struggle with this, I'm bad at this. Um, it doesn't take away from what I'm good at. I think people come like, if I need help, I am needy. I need help with everything. And I, I'm one of those people that think that, and I feel like letting those things sit aside each other, like that is they're not mutually exclusive. It's something, it's like a journey, I think. Can I say something on, on top of that? I think what Rumbi just did is a is like I think it was a good example of, of emotional intelligence in practice. And that is like if I if I if you struggle with a thought, like do I need help or not? Like she put it, she took one idea and just placed the same like idea into another context. So like, okay, does it does my weaknesses exclude my strength? Well. Does me running exclude my healthy need of golf? Of course not. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think it can help. It helps me often to um, take the struggle I'm dealing with it and just play it into another context and go, oh, of course. Do you know what I mean? There's a, it's just like it frees you up to see uh, to see it with um, a bit more wisdom. I think. So I think that was really nice. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. I think it's important to. I think I think that's a. a Key, a key component is being able to take perspective from different areas and say, okay, if you want to solve a problem, a good way of starting is to look at it from different different perspectives and see what the different outcomes could be. How do you um, 
how do you think okay we've kind of we're kind of edging into this but i want us to be really explicit and give some practical tips um how can i improve my emotional intelligence how am i getting how am i growing like give us some really give us some bullet point tips observing your own emotions and the emotions of others like almost like a bird watcher that kind of interest like kind of put yourself outside yourself like in an evening like a journal like if you were watching your own behavior like what did you see in you today and then maybe what did you see you do but then how did that impact somebody else I feel like uh honing the craft of of observing emotions and their cause and effect I did x it caused y people watching like just have a look and see what you can see um and then you'll start to be able to notice it faster and not only in yourself but also in others that's very nice I also say you know like you need to have a way of saying this is who I am this is this is me I am I am short-tempered I am peaceful I am this I am this I am this and now this is what I'm working with this is what I have grown in over the years this is why I'm still struggling being honest with yourself and put it down somewhere not it's kind of a journal but something that you can look at yourself and say okay i am struggling with this i am good at this and it doesn't mean that i am any of this i can be better than any of this and so you know yourself and then next thing is how do i communicate to others so like what has helped me is trying to learn how to communicate how do I develop a good communication? I re- just read stuff about communication, communication skills, listen, active listening, you know, being able to, to share something, which is something I struggle with, you know, to kind of express myself and also seek to listen to someone. And so taking time to learn, some things don't come to us by default. Some things we've got to acquire them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us to acquire some things, especially the communication is, is something that we can acquire from somewhere, from, from studying, from getting you know, information on how to actually be a good listener and a good communicator. I think, I've got three uh, points. I'll be quick. The first one is friends. Who are your friends? Are they liars? <laughs> Do they lie to you? Are they scared to be honest around you? I've got a friend whose friend sent them a message saying, are you ever scared to be honest with me? You need to ask your friends that. Are they scared to be honest with, with you? If they are scared, imagine how frightened you are scared of yourself. The second one is um, look at your life. What are the cycles of your life? They're mistakes that we repeatedly make as individuals. Be honest with yourself. What is your cycle? What is it that, you know, what, what do you keep repeating? Um, look at that and then explore it. Explore, don't be afraid of your thoughts. Explore it. And um, the... What was the third one? Explore your thoughts. What's your cycle? I can't remember. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> thoughts, cycle. Oh, right. Okay. What is like that? Everyone's got those things that they've done in the past that are eating them up, but they never, mm. they want to, I, I don't know about you, but I like to get a dustpan and brush and sweep it up and put it in the bin. I don't want to think about it. What is it that is niggling you up? Explore that. Ex- like, 
all these these are like small things but i think they're critical things they're kind of big things that are kind of affecting you explore your thoughts in the areas that you know like are bothering you right now and try and you don't have to like there's like adam mentioned two ways to address it first of all you need to address it yourself and you might need to go back to a person and sort it out or whatever it is but those kind of those three things your friends um, what's your cycle and what are those things like are niggling you and you've you've never actually taken time to think about I think and I think also like on top of that one thing that's helping me is to like intentionally seek out conversations that have to do with this topic like um um like there's like me I I have a group I have a few friends that I when I speak or and sometimes when I speak to them, we intentionally speak about the things which we wish to grow in, in like certain areas of emotional intelligence, because we have similar life situations at the moment. So just be, and it's it's so nice just to be like, I go, yeah, I experienced this. And someone goes, yeah, I know what you mean. That was, do you know what I mean? That kind of um, support to know that you're not alone in the struggle, mm. I think is very um, encouraging, actually. It's like, Let's go. <laughs> another thing I want to ask, add, add, sorry, another I want to add is um, it's in this side of anger, like when you are always like tense, to find what keeps you calm. What what can you do to what things, what activities keeps you calm? Like walking in the park, listening to music, learn to be calm most of the times. And you know, if you're angry, walk away. Trying to actively deal with it than passively dealing with it like practice more of those things that calm your nerves and you know you'll be more in charge of your stress level your anxiety level your anger level because you know yourself you know that you can so practice the things that make you peaceful and, and it keeps you calm if it means you're not sleeping well at night make sure you get adequate sleep it means you know you're just in environments of high intensity and everything you're just up there remove yourself away from it and try to make sure you are you have some quiet time to reflect and become with yourself. I think another thing also, okay. sorry, the, like this thing of, I mean, and it's, it doesn't always work for me because I, it's like, I think it takes time, but like emotional intelligence, like there's self-awareness, but I think the fruit of it is usually um, interaction with someone else. Do you know what I mean? So then I think, if you, if I know I'm struggling to be, um, for example, if I'm struggling to value someone else, then I sometimes like to, to just go around and really intentionally think about the fact that God values me. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's almost like you're drawing from another source outside of yourself. Because like, I don't know, man, but just for me, sometimes I'm literally just, I know I should, but I'm just empty. You know what I mean? And it's just nice to know that you can have another source of this emotional intelligence or love, which you can draw from, you know, and you go, okay, I know God values me. I know God values me. And that, and that, that has empowered me to value others. It really has. So I think that's, yeah. To Tim's point, that kind of links with Tim's original point about the Holy Spirit, right? All of those fruits. Mm that come from the spirit you're drawing directly on each of the fruit like there's a there's a big tree and you're just like picking that that love one that that joy one as and when you need it so that makes complete sense 
I think that answers kind of answers my next question was going to be for practical ways to engage with someone who lacks emotional intelligence. So I think that we find we encounter. I think first of all, there are reasons, obviously, for why someone might lack an emotional intelligence in a specific situation. But when we do, or we might, we might be that person. But how can we interact with that person with grace? How do we? How do we? What are the tips? Practical tips. What do I do? Because I'm vexed. <laughs> I've got um, one. I, I I guess I'm gonna bring it back to parents. Like when a child is rude to a parent, the parent takes it so personally. They're like, "You, they, my child has attacked me. Why have they done this to me?" And most of the time, when someone like the key thing here we've said is someone who lacks emotional intelligence. So without you, they lack it anyway. Right now, you're just in their life. Like you're visiting, that you're passing through. So you're going to experience their lack of. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So um. So like a lot of times we take things personally and it is not so not personal. This person has not figured out how to annoy you, how to frustrate you. And I think that's the first thing we need to realise. Not everything is about me. Like not everything's about Ruby. This this person hasn't sought out to annoy me. And once you realise that, like, um, then it's kind of easier, I I think. Once you have that mentality, this is not personal. Okay, how can we get through it? And um, the second one is, um, we were there once. I was there. I've been that person to somebody else <laughs> many times, <laughs> and that that reality should humble us. Like, like mm. this is like emotional. We're, we're talking about emotional intelligence. Is this like it's a ladder? But it's not like that. Sometimes it's like zip, 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 and it's like that was maybe me last week, two days ago. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's it's not far from us. Like reacting in certain ways, it's it's not. It, I am not far from it at all. So remembering that, like Keith helps me stay in my lane sometimes and that person may just not have have got to the place where they're able to like do that interrogation and to do that work which we are some like just like you said like we're guilty of not doing sometimes so I think I always try and think like I had to put in some 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 work and some hours to get to where I am in my level of emotional intelligence they haven't got there yet so let me just mm. kind of show them a bit of grace and mercy like God showed to me when it was me in that position and I think like add to what Melissa says about this grace and mercy thing it's this thing of like like this has been carrying me second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 it's like one of the most beautiful definitions of grace I've seen because Paul says like we know the grace of Jesus because when when we were poor, no, sorry, when Jesus was rich, he became poor so that we might be rich. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of like grace is going, when Jesus has grace, he goes, okay, I see you don't have any money. I've got loads of it. Let me give you what I have so that you can have loads of money. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think to treat people with grace is to go, okay, I see you're lacking. So let me pay the cost. Mm. of taking the extra time the extra effort the extra, you know what I mean like let me pay that cost and it is a cost it is it is me becoming poorer in that sense do you know what I mean like I'm investing time I'm investing energy for your sake and and that is being a very practical definition of grace that has just been like wow it's not just like something mystical that like grace mm-hmm. you know it's like 
it's yeah. really like you're investing in someone, you know, and it, that is, it, it's a sacrifice, but it's, that's what God does for us, as Melissa said. That's what God does for us. So you've got to be patient as well. That's and that attribute of it that God has. God is like, it's not going to be a quick fix as you're showing grace. It's not going to transform the person. Maybe the next time you meet, it's okay. Mm. Patience is there. Like there's a word compassionate God has is slow to anger, very slow. Like he's patient. Wait, and he's hard. Trust me, I, I it's hard for me. I wanted to get it quickly, just get it and come in same label some emotional intelligence level that I wanted to be. But no, be patient with them because it may not even be that year. Could be next year. <laughs> patience. Thank you guys. I, I think we, I, I've been really enjoyed the discussion and your insights tonight. Um, we could continue talking, I'm sure, but we run, we've run out of time. Um, Adam, can I ask you what the text was that you mentioned earlier? I'm gonna call it, I'm, I'm gonna think it, I think it's, let me just quickly check. No, it's not. I think, it uh, I think it's 2nd Corinthians, it's 2nd Corinthians 8, 9. I got it wrong, wrong, wrong. It's 2nd Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2nd Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. So, um, I just, I just like to thank, thank all of you for participating um, and for everyone who listened tonight. I think some really good points were made about um, how emotional intelligence really isn't new. It's, you know, it's, it's what God wants to do in our lives. It's what it's, it's character building basically. Um, it's, it's the work of the Holy spirit um, cultivating the fruit of the spirit in our life. So although it's branded and packaged um, nicely in the modern world, I think um, God, God knew what he was doing and he's work he's working that work in our hearts so we have to just ask him to open up open us up and expand our capacity to receive that and to to grow in that um i think that was a really good point from tonight's discussion um and also all the practical tips that we have um i loved rumby's tip about you know maybe someone else needs to have a look around the house so that we can get mm -hmm. some new insights into what's, you know, what's going on in, in our house. Um, um, maybe, you know, we, we just need to be patient with others and remember that God is gracious to us and remember that God loves us in spite of our shortcomings. Um, so I just, I, I, I thank you all. And if you would bow your heads with me, we will, we can pray out. Um, so let's just ask God to do that work in us now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you that you do not leave us as we are, but you um, seek to transform us. And we pray that you will help us to um, become Christ-like, become, um, become filled with the Spirit so that we will display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, so that we may be a safe space for others, so that we may offer the grace um, that you offer us to others, um, and so that we may grow in our character um, and that we may develop our personality to be one that is of your kingdom. Um, we pray and we thank you and we ask that um, you will be with us and I'll be with all the people that tuned in tonight also and watched and we ask that you will activate um, all these wonderful things in our own lives, Lord, um, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen.